Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Michael Pasaya, and today we're going to be speaking with our special guest, Jennifer Wood, about the MEP program. Jen, would you like to introduce yourself? It's Mike. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Jennifer Wood. I am the academic counselor for the Mesa Engineering Program, um, also known as the Multicultural Engineering Program. We are part of the Baskin School of Engineering at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, so great to have you here, Jen. So like you said, we're going to be talking about MEP, and it has like two kind of names. I was always curious as to which one is the more like solidified name, because I was first introduced to it as the Multicultural Engineering Program. But then I heard it also referred to as Mesa Engineering Program. So I was just curious as to like, which one is more of like the primary term or like name? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So um, historically, it has been known as the Multicultural Engineering Program. And a lot of the reasons for that are still in place, even with having the Mesa title. What the Mesa title does is it connects us to a series of statewide programs that are run by the University of California Office of the President. Um, And because it's run by that centralized office, there is a sort of coordinated effort uh, over those programs. So there are Mesa programs for K through 12 students, so elementary school, junior high, high school. There are MESA programs in community colleges, in CSUs, and in UCs. And so having that centralized governance means that we're connected to some, um, some bigger, bigger things, uh, bigger activities. Uh, it also makes it for a smoother pathway for students transferring um, from a community college to the UC if they've already been involved in MESA. Um, or, or for K through 12 students coming straight to college from, um, from high school, um, having some um, connection to MESA um, helps them feel more connected to the university. I could completely agree with that because like I didn't learn about MESA or MEP until I got to college, but since I've met them and since I met them in the summer and have been a part of the program, like it's been a really great community um, and I really like and love being in here, you know? But uh, one thing I wanted to ask is like, what is the goal of MEP on, you know, Santa Cruz, like what's the goal of it here? What are they trying to do for the students? Yeah, definitely. Um, So we are an engineering program, which is a little bit different than some of the other MESA programs, um, just to bridge (laughs) the previous question in this one. So um, MESA in general is math, engineering, science, achievement. Um, But at UC Santa Cruz, it's specifically an engineering program. So um, the the goal of the program is to connect students who have been in typically under popu- underrepresented populations. So underrepresented is is the term that's used in higher education for populations that have been minoritized, um, left out of engineering or higher education as a whole. Right. Um, so Mesa programs are designed to. Um, make space for those students in higher ed um, to make uh, opportunities to share awareness of their needs and um, to disrupt higher education so that it can be a more friendly place to people who aren't just white and male. Going on to that, I think it's great, like, you know, being able to help underrepresented communities or disadvantaged communities too on campus. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the requirements for MEP, because there are requirements to join. Unfortunately, not everyone can join this great program and, you know, help or get the services that they provide in the programs. But, um, yeah, I was just curious for anyone who's listening, if they're interested in joining, if you could speak on those requirements. 
Absolutely, yeah. And I would like to just go back and touch on a phrase that you used, um, disadvantaged. And that has been a word that's been used a lot in higher ed um, historically, but is a word that is thankfully going out of favor because y'all are not disadvantaged. Um, like you have a lot of strengths and uh, my MEP students are as brilliant, as um, talented, as genius as any other student. Um, but because of historical and institutional racism and white supremacy, um, y'all have been pushed to the sidelines and kept out. So um, that is not a measure of your skill. It's a measure of social injustice. Um, and so I just wanted to point that out about that term disadvantaged that we, we like to sort of um, call that term out when we can. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. I wasn't even aware of that because that was a term that I always heard like when I was in high school. Like, oh yeah, like disadvantaged communities. So thank yeah, I right? really appreciate like, you're that. You're not thank disadvantaged. You. Like we have disadvantaged you. Um, so let's be real about it. So anyway, um, so uh, the requirements to join MEP. So um, you need to be a, a school of engineering major or a minor, right? And so we have eight degrees in school of engineering. So um, there's a lot of ways <laughs> you can get into into MEP. Um, we do have a number of students who are uh, like a double major with engineering and something else or they are majoring in something else and then minoring in computer science or electrical engineering or something like that. With physics, electrical engineering, those go hand in hand a lot. Math and computer science go hand in hand a lot. So, um, and then there's additional criteria. So in addition to being a school of engineering major or minor, we're looking at uh, folks who are from those populations who've been minoritized. Um, so these are black folks and brown folks and women um, all women have been uh, left out of engineering for years. Um, and that is also inclusive of people who are first-generation college students, right? So if you're the first in your family to go to college, um, that can make college um, a, a difficult environment to navigate. Um, and if you're the first in your family to study engineering, that can be also a very big challenge. Um, several families of students that I work with um, just don't understand. And that doesn't mean they love you any less. <laughs> it just means that they don't have a concept of uh, the struggles that you're facing. Um, what it means to be an engineering student is different than what it means to be a um, psychology student. Yeah. Um, and then also the students that we reach out to are students who are coming from neighborhoods or environments that are traditionally uh, historically low income. Um, those school districts that exist in those environments um, typically don't have resources that are uh, the latest cutting edge, um, like computer labs. I have many students who are interested in computers and technology and coding who uh, didn't have access to computer labs in high school. Um, many students come to the UC without having access to AP courses. Um, and so that creates barriers for them. It, again, doesn't make someone any less capable. It just means they're a little bit at a different path, different part of the path than some students who've come from a high school with lots of resources. Yeah, like my high school, um, it didn't, it, we had no coding classes. There was no like coding anything really and I know the the small things that they did were just like learning how to use like Microsoft um, applications so I didn't really get much of a coding experience before uh, college uh, alongside or whatever I did on my own but 
Yeah, so MEP is here to help. You know, like it's a, it's a program that's here to help students in need and push them onto the path that they, you know, that they should be going on and that they deserve. Exactly. Yeah, empowerment and support, you know. Um, like, yes, you definitely belong here. <laughs> and yes, you have what it takes to succeed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So another great thing that I like about MEP is the programs that are like the community that they have on campus. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we haven't been there. But thankfully, I was there for my first year. And one of the great things about MEP is their their study room. Um, and that's at the Baskin Building at room three, uh, 399. And there it's a 24-7 study room. There's a, like a puzzle table. There's a little kitchenette there. There's always food and snacks. You know, people are always there studying and just bringing like a really good vibe to study. You know, a library could be a little isolated sometimes in studying. And, you know, you might want a little an environment that's a little bit more lax and friendly. And like that MEP room is great. Uh, I love it. They have a printer there, too, if you don't have one. Um, and if, I, if I'm right, you, you also have a room there, right, Jen? I sure do. That's where my office is. Um, so when we are in person, I am hanging out right there where students are and my door is literally open. <laughs> so um, being being the dedicated counselor for the program, that means that students have access to me when they have a question. Um, and it's really easy to find me. It's really easy to see um, to see me and just drop in with questions or just to say hello, to get a hug to have a cup of tea. Um, students like to joke that, um, you know, it's not a true MEP experience until you've cried in my office. <laughs> so, so I wanna say that's real, right? That, that happens. And, um, you know, I, I have things in my office. I have Band-Aids, I have tampons, I have, you know, I have a spare sweatshirt, I have an umbrella, right? So um, it's, it's really, I like to think that, that my presence is part of that community that students find helpful. Definitely. I, I would say like you have always been there like as someone that I know that I can like reach out to like a lot of the times like I have a lot of friends who are in MEP so like when we're talking about something it's like well let's, let's go ask Jen you know like I know Jen will know the answer and even if she doesn't like she'll definitely be able to help us figure it out. Yes. That's exactly it, you know, and I don't, I don't have all the answers. I'm not some magic counselor of higher ed, um, but I've been working in higher ed for a while, so I know how it works. I know, I know the bullshit of it. Um, I know, I know the ins and outs and here's how you get what you need, right? So. Um, going off of that, I would like to talk about the academic support or advisement that, um, you know you and like people like Denai and other peer mentors provide for students, especially with the academic plan. If you could go in a little bit about that and then maybe afterwards I could talk to, you know, my experience about it. Sure. Um, so it's interesting because we're we're sort of in this bridge role, uh, me and, and Danai. Um, we are not academic advisors in the sense that we, you know, are officially an advisor working for the department um, or the School of Engineering or for one of the colleges. And yet we also know a lot of what the advisors know. Um, so we are familiar with the different curriculums, which are the different plans for each major. We know what the, the key policies are um, within School of Engineering, so that the sort of the hoops that you have to jump through at certain times. 
um, we can tell you sort of like, okay, if you make this decision, here are the other offices that you need to talk to um, to make sure that you're covering all your bases, right? To use a baseball metaphor. Um, and um, here are the things you might want to think about, right? So here are the challenges um, that students face in this decision, or here are the, the good things about making this decision. So um, we are a little bit more holistic, um, which is a word that we use to describe our counseling in that we see the whole student. Um, we are looking at you not just as a student, but as a person who is currently studying at college, right? So we will sometimes ask about your family or your roommates or your um, if you have a, a partner or a romantic uh, interest or someone you're dating, right, we'll ask you about that. We'll ask you about your mental health. We'll ask you about your physical health, right? So we cover some of the things that our other advisors, even though they might want to cover that, just don't have time for because they have so many more students to see than we do. So I hope that kind of talks to what you were asking. I feel like I might have gone off on a tangent. Which no, happens. I... <laughs> I think that was great because I, I like that you mentioned how, you know, the MEP advisors, I, and I think that's the term that you guys have, right, is like a, advisor because you guys, or it just feels a lot more personal. You know, like I, I think I've been to one of the major advisors, but I just found the MEP ones more helpful. And that's not to discredit, you know, the major, the major ones because they're very helpful with the specific like things in your department. But just my advising was things that I needed for like time management. Like I was having a lot of that problem freshman year, you know, um, being in a relationship and trying to handle school and, you know, making sure I was going to class and not falling asleep or so it was like getting that help was kind of the stuff I needed. And um, meeting like with you and Danai definitely helped and Danai um, was able to help me make a plan and get my time, you know, more focused and um I think the advising is very helpful. You know, it, it, it gets you to set on a path and have someone to talk to. Like you said, you know, parents might not always understand or they might not be the ones that you're maybe comfortable talking about certain situations. And, you know, I feel like MEP gives you like a, an ear, right? And even someone to just chat with, you know, just to hang out and talk to. Um, Absolutely. I would say a lot of times I, I don't really say much or do much for a student, but providing that space for you to sort of hash it out without having to feel like you have to justify yourself or, you know, have to make a certain choice or, you know, you don't feel like you're being tested on your choice. Giving you that sort of free space to, to process it is sometimes all a student needs to figure out what they want to do next. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's like a good segue to, to like how, you know, because that was when we were, well, I'd say that advising is something that's, that doesn't need to be in, in a physical space, but it's changed a lot with COVID, right? So I wanted to see if you could speak on like how the community, how the MEP environment, of course, we don't have the room anymore because, you know, people aren't on campus, but how has we, how has MEP adapted to this remote experience? Uh, I was wondering if you could speak on that. Definitely. Well, I'm so very lucky um, in MEP to also be working with a team of, of student peer mentors um, who give me the student perspective. They um, teach me all the time <laughs> what I need to know about what students are thinking. Um, and I can go to my student peer mentors and say, okay, here's an idea. Good idea, bad idea, you know, 
a workable idea and they can tell me. And one of the, th the, the ideas that I brought to them that I saw other student groups using was this idea of discord. Um, I saw, I think one of the clubs had said now that we're, you know, um, remote only, we're moving everything onto discord. We'll be, um, setting up channels and we can communicate. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what this is. What is discord? Um, so I went and looked into it and I was like, this could work. And so I, I took it to my students last summer, last yeah, last, end of last spring, right about now, um, a year ago, right about now. And my student worker said, yeah, this actually could work um, and we're familiar with it. Let's set something up. So they set up an amazing Discord that I tell you, I'm bragging about it all across campus. I'm like, my students did this. Um, and um, so we've essentially moved the community onto Discord. Um, and the students also set it up. It's, it's, <laughs> this is my favorite part. They actually set up different little channels for the different physical parts of MEP. So if, if you're on the MEP discord, you'll see there's a room 399 and then there's a table by the door and a table by the kitchen and a couch and a puzzle table and <laughs> these different areas that actually physically exist now have a virtual, um, uh, echo or, or environment. And so that is, that is, I'm super proud of my students. And it was, it was really all them. Um, it was all you all like, you, you know what you need. Um, so that's been a super positive, uh, piece to this. Um, the challenge is that because we're online, I'm not always online at the same time students are, and I try, um, but y'all take that 24-7 to heart, and um, I just, I can't be at work 24-7, <laughs> like, that's just not possible, and so I miss, um, I miss the drop-in side of, of MEP, I miss being able to poke my head out of my office and say, how's everybody doing, right, or when's the last time you ate, or did you all do your success plan, right? <laughs> Um, because as it is now, one of the challenges is that students will only schedule a Zoom appointment with me if they really, really need something, um, or unless they already know me. And so there's a whole group of students that I just don't know who they are because I haven't seen them really. Um, I don't get to see them on a daily basis. I don't get to hear about how, um, they're being challenged, um, or, right, give that smile, like I said, or that hug, if that's needed, that's, that's been hard, but, um, but we've, we've persevered. And, um, one of the other unexpected bonuses is that we've had workshops that more students have attended because they're on zoom. Um, whereas in person, we didn't have as many people going. Um, it's a lot easier if you're already on your computer and you see a notice that, oh, Hey, we're doing this workshop right now. And people are like, oh, I'm going to log right on as opposed to Oh well, that's halfway across campus. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Or by the time I get there, it'll be over. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I think the Discord's been great. Like I've, I'm always checking on it. Like um, looking, there's always a lot of great resources that are put in there. Another thing that I've seen is a lot of students helping each other with classes. Um, I think one thing is like that's great is that you on the Discord you can add roles that tell other people what class you're in. You know. Yes. So. Yeah. You know, if you're in a specific class, let's say like CSC 100 that I am in right now, you know, if I need help, I can look at who else is in that class and see if there's anyone on the Discord at the moment or I could ping someone and ask for help. 
Um, I've seen a lot, like, two some of the tutors that are in CSC 100 right now are in the MEP Discord, you know? Yeah. So I think one thing that I really like about MEP, and especially with the Discord right now, is there's a, a really big branch of students everywhere. You know, like, you might not realize that the person you're talking to is part of MEP, you know? And then when you do, you're like, whoa, like, that's awesome. Like, we're, you know, it's like that community is very strong. And I think it's something that perseveres through classes. And like I said, there's tutors that are in the MEP. You know, there's MSI tutors. There's there's a lot of people in MEP. And when you meet someone like that, you're like, oh, like, nice. And, you know, it's always like a reaching out a helping hand to someone who might have been a stranger before. Um, and I, I think that's great. So one, one thing, I guess, moving on to that is like, you know, being an advisor, you've met a lot of students, right? What's something that you've seen, like, I guess, general traits or just kind of like something that you've seen in a lot of, in a lot of MEP students? Um, if you could even speak on that, because I know that's that could be a little hard, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love to brag about my students. Um, honestly, honestly, when I when I started working at UC Santa Cruz, I was like, oh, my gosh, these students are going to be so um, either so full of themselves, like so arrogant about their skills. Um, or super hyper competitive, or these students are going to be so, um, you know, scatterbrained. They're only, they're so focused on like, you know, coding that they're, they have no social skills. Right. So I had all these ideas in my head that have proved completely wrong. I am so happy to say that I, my biases were completely unfounded. Um, my MEP students are amazing, like just the best students, um, persistent generous, courageous, uh, creative, innovative, they're leaders, um, on top of just being brilliant, like y'all are so freaking smart. You don't even know, like you don't even recognize how smart you are. And, um, and so well-rounded and caring, like all of my students, everyone that I talk to, when I ask them, you know, hey, what are you interested in? You know, what are some of the problems you want to solve with your degree? What kinds of things, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? Um, and I ask them and they're like, yeah, you know, I want to work on increasing solar energy for more efficiency in agriculture. Like, I want to apply computer science to artificial intelligence. I want to go work on, you know, the the robots that go into space. I mean, it's like everybody has these big ideas and aspirations and and they're important right like like literally maybe one person has said i want to make a lot of money <laughs> you know which is also okay if you consider our population like you know if if you're a person who's coming out of poverty then hell yes you want to make a lot of money so you can take care of your family right like that's legit and i'm not trying to put that down at all but you know like someone who just wants to go and make money for money's sake no we don't I don't really see that. I see people who want to use their skills and abilities to do something for the world. And um, that's, I find that incredibly um, amazing and powerful. And y'all just don't even know how, how awesome you all are. And I think that's another thing that's really beautiful about MEP students is that you're humble. Um, like I said, going back to being generous, like if there is someone and I miss this about being in person, right? But there are always students who need something during the quarter. They need food. They need, um, you know, there's, they need encouragement. 
and y'all give it to each other all the time, right? You don't even need me. I don't need to be there telling you to do it. Um, I have students giving their food to other students like, hey, when's the last time you had something to eat? No. Oh, here, take my take my half my sandwich. Right. Um, there's just this 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 desire to lift each other up. That is beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think like like we've been saying before, this the community is a really great community, very uplifting uh, and very supportive, you know, especially when you're down and especially with STEM classes and, and other classes in general, they can get very overwhelming. And I feel like MEP has always been there to, you know, kind of give you that thumbs up when you're not feeling that good and get you back and help you. And even if you do stumble, if you do fail, they're always there and reassuring that you can always get past these humps. And that just because you slipped up a little bit, that doesn't mean that you're going to fail or, you know, have to leave or like drop out on your uh, your aspirations or your ambitions. Um, and I think this community is something that I'm like very appreciative of being on campus. And I think it would be amazing if like, you know, if you're, if you think you meet the requirements or you're interested, reach out to Jennifer and Danai. I know there's the um, MEP website. I'll put that in the link of the description, but there's a lot of ways to reach out to us. And um, I was wondering, Jennifer, just for a little bit of closing, because I think we're getting um, a little short on time, if there's anything else you have to say that you think we missed. Um, and also just uh, in general, going over like how people can reach out to you specifically if they're interested in potentially joining. Yes, I would love to tell you about MEP or talk to you about um, about your plans in general. Any of you, um, whether you're part of my program or not, I'm happy to, to get you connected to what you need. Um, you can email me. That's always the best way to start a conversation. Um, so my email is jwood3 at ucsc.edu. So that's J-W-O-O-D, as in dog, <laughs> three, at ucsc.edu please email me and um i'd be happy to answer your questions great and then for joining so if how is there often where students aren't able to join like if they don't meet the requirements or in a situation like that real quick how what happens so if a student doesn't meet our requirements um usually i let them know like this is this is why we're not um, having you join, you know, the, the other, the students that meet our eligibility take priority. Um, and I will point out other resources on campus that those students might want to take advantage of. So I, I'll never just say to a student, oh no, sorry, you can't join. I'll, I'll explain why and then give them alternatives. Now, here's some great resources that you can absolutely use. Here's some great clubs that you can connect with um, that will give you what you're looking for, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, it was really nice having you here, Jen. Um, I think that's about uh, about time to wrap up. So I hope you have a great day and thank you for being on the podcast. Mike.